0: There are so many good things that God wants to grow in you. He wants to grow in you gifts of patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I think we all want some more of that. But the thing is this, when you look at your life, you might look at certain areas and ask the question, Well, if God wants to grow this in me, why don't I see more of it? If you're a Christian, maybe this is something you've been wrestling with for a while. You want God to show up. You want him to change you, but you don't see it happening. Or if you're not a Christian, maybe this is the reason why. You have some questions about how God works in you and why he isn't changing you more than he is. Well, the good news is that Jesus actually predicted this would happen. One day he was telling a parable or a story that gives us a supernatural view of what's going on when God wants to change you, when he wants to grow you, but nothing is actually happening. So this is a story that he told, a parable he told. It's in Matthew chapter 13. It goes like this. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And it's in this parable that Jesus gives us a, a picture, a view of what's going on when God wants to grow something in you but something is preventing it. And thankfully, Jesus goes on in the next section to break down those different types of soil, those different types of, of ground and, and share with us what they mean and what they mean For you, But before we dig into that, we'll do that tomorrow, what I want to do is plant in you a truth, an idea that I pray gives you hope throughout this series. You see, when Jesus told this parable about the farmer sowing seed, he didn't tell this to to give you a bunch of guilt or shame over how you haven't grown in the past. The reason he told this parable is because he wants to give you hope for today and the future. What you're going to see in this parable is you are forgiven. Whatever led to this point, whatever growth failed to happen, maybe it was your fault, maybe it was a situation around you, Jesus knows. And he gives you this parable to give you hope and direction for the future. So my question for you is this. What if God has planted something in your life, in your heart, that he wants to grow right now? I hope you can join us next time as we look at the first thing Jesus points to that can get in the way of that happening. There are so many good things that God wants to plant in you and grow in you. Things like patience, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. All things that we want. But sometimes it can be difficult when we don't see those things growing as much as we want. Well in this series, Jesus is telling a parable or a story where he gives us a supernatural view of what's going on when the things we want him to grow in us are some things that feel far from us. And today he explains to us in this parable of this farmer who's sowing some seeds, he explains how we sometimes can have a bird problem. And that's what can prevent God from growing in us what he wants to grow. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, And does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And so, as Jesus explains the parable here, he begins to explain to us that what we might have is a bird problem. He acknowledges that there is an evil one out there who wants to steal away what God has sown. Uh, Maybe you've seen uh, these uh, ways to deter birds. Uh, There's these things called bird spikes, where you can set them up on ledges or on buildings if you want to prevent birds from landing and nesting in a certain area. Uh, If you go on YouTube and search for bird spike cockatoo, you'll see this hilarious video of, of a bird walking along the ledge of a building, picking off those bird spikes with its beak and throwing them to the street below. What was designed to deter it, it was just throwing aside. And my point is this, when it comes to your enemy, the devil, he's not an enemy that you can deter. He's an enemy that God must eliminate. And sometimes the only way to get rid of a bird is if you have a bigger bird. If you go back to what Jesus was saying in the parable, he describes it as those who hear the word but don't understand. And the point is this, what we hear with our mind but don't understand has no way to be planted in our heart. We're easy pickings for the evil one to come in and snatch what God wants to sow. And so as you, as you think about that, here's maybe something to think about. Are there certain things when it comes to faith Or the Bible or God where you have some things that you don't understand? Do you have some doubts that you've been holding on to and you don't know how to manage them or how to navigate them? And how about this? Instead of just ignoring them or pretending like they don't exist, how about you call the Holy Spirit to be on your side? As you dig into those topics, dig into those issues, it's not as if you're going to find something that's not good. As you take the Holy Spirit on your side, through the Bible, through other Christians, through your pastor, through your church, express what you don't understand. Share your doubts. And in so doing, you will not give the devil a foothold to steal from you what God wants to sow in you. I hope you can join us again next time as we dive into another topic because sometimes the biggest thing that gets in the way between what God wants to grow in you and what he can grow in you is you. In this series, what we're doing is we're looking at a story or a parable that Jesus told that gives us some insight as to why sometimes the things that God wants to grow in you don't grow as fast or as quickly as you would hope. What he did is Jesus told a parable or a story about a farmer who's scattering some seeds and it falls on different types of soil. And today he tells us the picture, or shows us the picture, and explains what it means when when, uh, the seed or the work that God wants to do Falls on some rocky soil. Here's what Jesus explained. He said, The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. And maybe that describes you. There was a time in your life where maybe you didn't know entirely who God was or who Jesus was and what he did to you. And and you can think back to that moment where it dawned on you that the punishment that you should have received from God was transferred onto Jesus in your stead. Or maybe there was a moment in your life where the the gospel, that good news of Jesus just went out into every corner of your life and you felt a peace you had never felt before. But unfortunately, that didn't last for long. Jesus goes on. He says, it refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And as a pastor, I see this to this day where people, as they come in and they hear this good news of Jesus, they have this spark, this fire going on in, the, in their hearts and in their life. But pretty soon, reality sets in. A lot of the things that give you joy can also be a target for trouble or persecution. And persecution isn't just when people physically attack you. It can be as simple as people belittling you because they know your past and they know God can't work on a person like you. Or persecution could take the form of simply people at your workplace now honoring you less because you're not willing to do the things you were willing to do before. Suddenly, this faith that gave you hope is now a target and as you, feel people, as you feel people's eyes on you, persecuting you, you just feel that joy fading and withering away. So there's three things that I want you to know when it comes to your faith and hope in God. Number one, when God plants a good seed in you and when he starts to transform an area of your life, sometimes you will benefit immediately from it. I believe when you put into practice what your creator intended for you, it'll have a good impact on your life. But the second thing you need to know is that sometimes when God plants a seed in your life and it starts to take root, it will be difficult at first, but it will pay off later. You'll have to invest at first, but then you'll receive more later. And the third thing you have to be aware of is that sometimes when God plants a seed in your heart, there will be no payback ever. It will be an area of your life where he is calling you to sacrifice. And you will never on this side of heaven see anything positive come from it. But as you consider that, here's what I want you to know. Whatever God plants in you is good. If he wants to bring transformation and change, it is good. Good for him, good for you, good for your eternity. And what if, what if the thing that he planted in you, though it's difficult, what if the reason he planted it there is because that is your greatest opportunity to make an impact in your world? What we're doing in this series is we're looking at a parable that Jesus taught that helps us to see why some of the things that God wants to grow are prevented from growing. What we're doing today is we're looking at another part of this parable as Jesus explains what happens when the good things God wants to do for you, it's comparable to a farmer who sows seeds and scatters seeds into some thorns that are in the ground. Here's what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 13 he said, "...the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Jesus points to two things that can get in the way that can choke out the good things that God wants to grow. And these things might seem unrelated at first, but they're actually quite similar. Uh, The first thing he points to is this concept that uh, there's worries of life that can choke out the good things that God wants to do. Now, I don't want to minimize the things you worry about But at some point, you have to minimize the value of worrying. It does not change anything. It does not add anything. It can't take anything away. All it does, all worry does, is it drains your time, your energy, your sleep. And it's not something that any of us want. So if you've had some worry, here's what I want you to know. That worry has been driving you to seek help inwardly. Seek help from yourself. And that can minimize the help that God wants to do and what he wants to grow in you. And the other thing that Jesus points to, which seems like something completely different, but actually is very similar, he points to the the deceitfulness of wealth. Um, The deceitfulness of wealth is this, that if you have enough wealth, you won't have to worry. You won't have to seek anyone's help. You'll be fine. Now, can wealth make you happy? Yeah, it can make you happy, but only for a short amount of time. It's like this sugar-high kind of happiness that leaves you worse than before. The deceitfulness of wealth is that you need more and more and more and more, and it never gives you what it promises. The deceitfulness of wealth is dangerous because it, seeks, it, it leads you to seek help from no place. And the reason why it's so dangerous, this deceitfulness of wealth, is because it leaves you in a place where you don't think you need anyone else's help. So the remedy is this. When it comes to your garden, the things that God wants to grow in you and sow in you, here's what we need to do. Number one, get out your gloves, get on your knees, and start weeding. It's time to look at that worry and say, worry, it's time that we had a talk. Worry It's been fun having you in my life, but it's time to replace you with something better. And you get on your knees and you pray to God, God, the things I'm worrying about, I have no control over. The weight of my future is too much for me to carry. God, would you remove this worry and replace it with a promise? And you turn to the the wealth that you've been turning to for hope and help and confidence, and you say to that wealth, it's been fun, but it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to, to be removed from my life. God, would you give me the strength and the hope and the faith to take this God out of my life and replace it with your promises. Now, here's what I know. You can't go through your entire garden in one day and weed the whole thing. But what if today you put on your gloves, you got on your knees, and you humbled yourself before God to let him determine what gets to stay and what gets to go? And then you take that first step and you say, God, would you give me the faith, the trust, the strength to remove what does not belong so that what you want to grow can thrive? What we've been doing in this series is we've been going through a parable that Jesus taught. And in this story, Jesus gives us a supernatural view of why it can be that when God wants to grow something in us, sometimes there are things that prevent it from happening. So if you're just joining us, welcome. At the end of this video, I encourage you to go back and start from day one and see the whole story about this parable of the farmer sowing some seed. But today we get to the good part because we see the conclusion of the parable and finally we get to see what everyone was waiting for. What happens when the seed that God wants to plant is allowed to thrive? Here's how Jesus concludes it. He says, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And if you're thinking to yourself, that's a pretty big harvest for one seed, you're right. The point is this, not only would a a harvest of 100 be ridiculous, that kind of a harvest is miraculous. And here's what this means for you. When God sows in you something that he wants to develop, it's not just that he's cutting off the rough edges or bringing you up a couple of levels. He's actually doing something miraculous in you. When he wants to plant in you this gift of patience, it's not just that he bumps up your patience by a few levels, he plants an entirely new version of you. One whose patience is fed by and reflects the patience that God demonstrated to you in Christ. When God wants to give you the gift of peace and grow it in you, he doesn't just increase your peace by a few levels, he grows a new version of you, throwing out the old you and growing a new version of you whose peace is a reflection of the peace that God has with you in Christ. This is not just a ridiculous number that Jesus throws out. It's a miraculous number because that's what God is doing in you. Now, I would be doing a huge disservice to this parable if I didn't mention one final thing, and that's simply this. When it comes to the harvest that God wants to grow in you, it's not just for you. You see, when you look at what Jesus did as as he taught this parable, he wasn't just looking for gardens to grow because if he was looking for the perfect garden, he already had it. He already had the fullness of all these good things that God wants for you. He didn't have to mess with your dirt or my dirt. But the reason why he's doing this is because he was establishing a kingdom of people. When he intercepted, when he got between the punishment that was supposed to be between you and me and God, Jesus stepped in. And when he did that, he created a kingdom of people, a gathering of people, each with their own different things to work through, absolutely, but each uniquely th- positioned to demonstrate what, it, what, ha- what can happen when God grows in me and in you. So my question as we end this series is simply this. What's an area of your life where you've been wanting to grow, but you haven't been able to? As you look through these things, what I pray is that God would give you the miracle harvest, but that more than that, as he develops and grows these gifts within you, that you would see that there's so much more than just about you. What if the seed that he's causing to grow becomes the seed for somebody else?